Hey friends, and welcome to the Talk Podcast. We believe that all change starts with a conversation, a talk that sparks an idea, convicts or creates a movement. The talk seeks to foster real, relatable, and relevant conversations that not only challenge, equip, and empower its listeners to be agent of change. As an extension of joy of it, we look to find points of intersection in a divided world. No topic is off limits, and all people and opinions are welcome. We believe we represent Jesus best together, acknowledging all voices and talking through those things that disrupt our unity. When we are united, we can do great things, and it all starts with a talk. Welcome to the table. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Ashley Bell, and this is another episode of the Talk Podcast, where we believe in having real and relevant conversations. All change starts with a conversation, a talk that sparks an idea, convicts or creates a movement. The talk seeks to foster real, relatable, and relevant conversations that not only challenge, but engage, equip, and empower its listeners to be agents of change. As an extension of joy of it, we look to find points of intersection in a divided world. No topic is off limits and all people and opinions are welcome here. We believe we represent Jesus best together, acknowledging all voices and talking through those things that disrupt our unity. When we are united, we can do great things and it all starts with the talk. And so, as I said before, my name is Ashley Bell, and I am your host, and I'm so honored to be with you here again. We are in Portland, Oregon, and I have been a part of Joy of It for three years now. I'm a local pastor here. I do global and local outreach, and I love the kingdom of God. And so, we are going to talk today with my friends Joy and Julie again about the transformative power of SEL. And last episode, we started diving into the topic of social emotional learning for those of you who may not know what SEL means. But social emotional learning right now we feel like is a great tool that we can use to have some of these really hard conversations that are going on in our culture today. Whether it's about racism or politics or pro-vaccination, not pro-vaccination, whatever you want to talk about, whether you like Coca-Cola or you like Pepsi. I personally prefer Coke, but I don't know. I mean, maybe other people like Pepsi. And if you do, that is fine. You do you. But I'm just saying, um, Joy and Julie are here with me. um, And we just want to give you tools to be able to have and engage in mutually beneficial conversations in such a hard time. So let's uh, dive in, Joy and Julie, and start talking about SEL. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Before we get started, Ash, tell me, does the three years with Joy of It, with Joy and Julie, feel like a long three years? <laughs> has it, has it been years? Has it been three years? Like when I said three years, I was like, well, I think it, it was years? three years in. Yeah. Cause it was 20 yeah, in January. Yeah. 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 So, so it has it been long or fast long, long, hard three years actually, or a quick, easy you know, three years? As Come much on. as I would like to say it's felt long and hard and exhausting because you two are sitting here with me. I, it really has not felt long. It actually, when I, when I said three years, I was like, has it really been that long? Yeah. Cause it seems like just yesterday that we we met, but those three years have been phenomenal. I mean, I love being friends with you guys and having great conversations. You've blessed my life. So, and I know that I've blessed yours. You're welcome. (laughs) So you don't even have to say that. And not only have we lived through global pandemic and multiple historical weather events together. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Some in the same year. We had ups and downs in, you know, just relationships and fabulous conversations about diverse views and values Mm -hmm. and 
I have learned so much uh, being part of a community of believers that accept each other, but think really Mm -hmm. differently. And it's been a thrill. And so in a lot of ways, I agree with you, Ashley, it's been like a blink of an eye. Mm -hmm. And then in some moments it feels really long and hard. Yeah, you know, (laughs) I don't think it feels long and hard because I think that's just the reality of relationships. They're complicated and messy, but I feel like we've been friends for a really long time. Like, I feel like we're old friends. Other than I'm old and you're young. There's that. Thank you for pointing that out. (laughs) Thank you for pointing that out. I am younger than both of you. Significantly But you guys are very youthful and wonderful. Uh 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 But yeah, three years doesn't seem that long. Maybe as as we get older, it's like, you know, you wake up and three years has gone by. It just seems like time doesn't stand still anymore. And I guess which kind of brings us to like, this podcast, I think for me wanting to do this, there is a sense of like, yeah, time is not waiting. And there's so many important conversations that we need to be having. And how do we get people to a place mm-hmm. to where they can have them, to where we can have them? Because we have hard conversations and a lot of them have been hard. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, how do we do this thing together? And what tools do we use to do it? That's the question everybody's asking. Yeah. Well, this is where this podcast has really been birthed. It's from this place of wanting to have hard conversations. And that's why we're going to talk about social emotional learning today, because these are actually tools that equip and resource us to step into and enter into hard conversations, conversations where there likely will be tension. I mean, you Mm. you brought up a list of topics, you know, from politics to... Let's start with Diet Coke and Coke and Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Aren't you a diet? You're a Diet Coker. I'm a Diet Coker. Um, I but I will, I'm an actual equal opportunity you. caffeine drinker. And mm. so the reality is I will not not drink Diet Pepsi if, if it's the only thing available. And that shows flexibility mm-hmm. for I, you. I do have yeah. flexibility. Yeah. I, I think that we learn so much by hearing and trying on different different things. And mm. one one part that I appreciate about our community that we you know, rub shoulders with and are linked arms with is that I believe all of us are intentional about growth. Mm-hmm. And when I think about the transformation power of SEL, that is what it does. It helps us grow. Mm. And I believe that the Lord's working in you, in your spirit and transforming and you're in process, Ashley, and I'm in process. And so is joy. And, and when we believe that each of us are in process, the Holy spirit is working in each of us, Mm. then we give each other grace to work things out. And so we just look at SEL as a tool to do that, to transform ourselves and each other in the community. Yeah. Yeah. So what is social and emotional learning? I think that's a, a good Yeah, I, I don't know. Pretend I don't know what it is. I mean, I somewhat don't know. Maybe I know, but I, know, I don't give as clear a definition of uh-huh. it as you all do. Well, what's interesting, and we'll get into what is social emotional learning and social emotional competencies, but I think there's some confusion around it. And so some people may initially have resistance. Other people may see it as the latest buzzword in education because Mm. education and SEL go hand in hand. In fact, SEL is known as the missing link in education because when students have uh, high emotional competencies, they do better in school, they have higher graduation rates, they can better manage their emotions so they have less anxiety, depression. It has all of these, research tells us all of these positive outcomes, but what is social and emotional learning and, you know, why is it important? And so I think that is a really good starting place to start with. And really, when we think about social emotional learning, we're really talking about mental wellness or social emotional well-being. And the definition really can be defined in a number of different ways. But in general, SEL focuses on a set of social emotional behaviors and character skills that really support success in school, the workplace, relationships, and community. And so 
for us as believers in Jesus Christ, we believe that we're called to community, that we are better together and we need each other. And so social emotional learning, these skills are really a tool to uh, create connection and relationship and build strong and healthy communities. Most people think of social emotional learning as a soft skill, as kind of these character attributes, but they're incredibly important in life. It's evolved over time. And SEL is really considered kind of a lever for learning and not necessarily compliance, meaning that we don't have a mastery of social emotional skills. You know, we're not setting a bar and making sure everyone complies or performs at that level, but it's this lever to create uh, behaviors, emotional well-being, and social skills that are positive to mm-hmm. a community. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about them being a, a, a lever, it creates caring, just, inclusive, healthy communities that support all individuals in reaching their highest potential. And so when we talk about putting this framework in schools, we're talking about creating a safe learning environment for all students to flourish and thrive and and reach their highest potential. And and when we're talking about social and emotional mm-hmm. learning, it is literally littered across the pages of, of scripture from yeah. Genesis to Revelation. And We're going to talk about that over the weeks to come, but there are five core competencies that flow out of social and emotional learning. And these aren't just for students. I mean, we are in this cultural moment before the pandemic where we are the most technologically connected generation that has ever existed, but we have become the most socially disconnected generation that ever existed. Mm -hmm. And so when Facebook and Instagram started coming out, we thought these are going to be amazing tools that (laughs) connect us and that unite us and help us connect with people across the world and the United States and build community and connection in this world of technology. But what it's literally done is it's added in layers of polarization Mm -hmm. and division and separation. And we know that we are in a crisis of disconnection and loneliness is actually an epidemic. Like we're Mm -hmm. seeing people dying younger for the first time in a hundred years. And it's because of addiction and it's because of suicide. Mm -hmm. And so people are disconnected. They're surrounded by other human beings, but they do not have deep and meaningful relationships. And people who have deep and meaningful relationships have higher levels of happiness. They (laughs) tend to make more money. Mm -hmm. They live longer. There are all of these positive outcomes. And when I think about this, this is actually how God designed and hardwired us to function. Like I need you and you need me. We we need each other. It's this collective identity that's been hardwired into us by our creator. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think when you were talking about like just this being in a very connected world, but being so disconnected, you know, social media can be a, a gift. It can offer connection to people especially during the pandemic where you're not really getting out and seeing one it can offer a connection but the the downside about social media is that there people have used it as their only form of connection yeah and it cannot be your only form of connection you actually have to live life with people and rub shoulders with people and have real conversations with people that your fingers aren't having (laughs) on a keyboard so you can see expressions and cues and see how your words are affecting somebody. I think that's a a big part of just learning how to have dialogue, which is a big part of social and emotional learning. You cannot learn these cues or these emotional cues and social cues if you're doing all your talking on the internet. We are the most digitally connected society that we've ever been, but we're the most socially disconnected Mm. that we've ever been. And, and I think it's because we are conveying our morals and our values and our opinions and beliefs digitally, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, in a way that you might not actually communicate face to face, you know, because you're dehumanized when you are on social media or texting. And I do have to say though, when we talk about social emotional learning, there is a a group of individuals that have expressed concern about Mm -hmm. SEL. And I think that it's really important that we 
come to this conversation with acknowledging Mm -hmm. the knowledge of those concerns Mm -hmm. and those opinions and starting back where Joy and I and Joy of It started, we started with this call to unite believers, to build each other up and then live out God's design for relationship in community, live out the gospel together. And so we began to create opportunities to come together and take time to really Mm -hmm. focus on that. And that started in an adult population. And at the same time, we had individuals on our team who said, wait a minute, I'm seeing this same disconnection happening in the generation coming behind us. And so out of that flowed this desire to teach and equip students, children with the skills they needed for God's design for relationship. And so Frenzy, which is our social emotional learning program was actually birthed out of that desire to teach students skills that they needed to to not only survive the current social landscape, but really thrive. So we started with God's design for relationship, you know, teaching Genesis, the idea that we were not called to do life alone, mm-hmm. teaching First Thessalonians that we were called to build each other up and mm-hmm. not tear each other down and that we're better together. And then at that time of writing and, and uncovering this curriculum, this program that was teaching God's design, we recognized that there had been this entire group of thought leaders and professionals, psychologists and sociologists and really amazing educators that were putting together research and information on what is called social emotional learning. Mm -hmm. And so at the same time that we were really unpacking God's design for relationship, we discovered that there were decades of research on why this is so important to teach to students and to children. And so Through that, we have now incorporated social emotional learning, God's design for relationships into frenzy. But Mm. what I started with was that that there has been some pushback with SEL. SEL in uh, conservative communities has been called communist Mm. or socialist. And I think it's really important that we recognize that. Mm because the concern is, is that adults are in schools are conveying values and morals and beliefs in lessons that is going to create thought control or uniformity. Uh, yeah. And so we want to hmm. recognize that from my perspective, from our perspective, from our organizational's perspective, we look at SEL as just this tool mm-hmm. and a way to guide and help people to become more connected. We see, again, as I said, we seen this, see this design in scripture and we believe that these efforts with SEL are to help students, to help people groups, to develop socially and emotionally their own selves, Mm -hmm. you know, to actually Mm -hmm. grow, as I Mm -hmm. said before. And it's actually completely separate from any political agenda that is out there for us. And I actually just honor communities that are, we get really excited when we see communities engage in this really hard work Mm -hmm. because it's not easy. These skills of social emotional learning are challenging to all of us as Mm -hmm. individually, individuals and corporately. But the end goal is to create people that are really productive members of society that are more connected with each other relationally and that have communities that can flourish. And Mm -hmm. so I just think that we want to put it out there that there is pushback. And my hope is that if you are listening and you're an individual that, you know, the hairs on the back of your neck kind of start to stand up when you hear the word SEL or social Mm -hmm. emotional learning, that you'll continue to listen and engage in this conversation and consider what what our op- what our thoughts are about this mm-hmm. in terms of what we believe about SEL. Yeah. That's that's really good, Julie. Thanks for thanks for opening and giving space to that because something that we want is we we don't necessarily desire everybody to agree with with what we're saying. Um, and so everybody is welcome to this conversation and our heart is never uniformity. Yeah, again, as you said, we want to give tools that help people learn and grow themselves so that they could help others learn and grow and flourish in community. So thank you for that. Yeah, I, I, I want to bring us back to the idea of what we're talking about when we talk about emotional competencies is it's really centered on 
building relationship and community. And that is central to the heart of God. Mm-hmm. Like he, Genesis 2.18, it's not good for man to be alone. It's this idea that we were literally designed and hardwired to function mm-hmm. in the context of community together as human beings. And in fact, central is our relationship with God followed as an extension with our relationship with each other. And so when we talk about these skills, we're really talking about building connection and community because that is what we're hardwired and built for by our creator. And so when we lean into this conversation, I I mean, I think it requires us to be curious. It requires a sense of, of humility. It is a complex and nuanced conversation as we navigate the challenges of being in relationship together. Because Mm -hmm. I'm sure we've all had these moments where we're like, life is easier alone. (laughs) Like this, I could finish this project, this task. I could cut out a whole bunch of tension if I had it didn't have this person or that relationship. Amen. <laughs> I know, but Come it's on. a lie. It, it is, is a lie. It is a lie. It is a lie. It's not because when we get to the end of our lives, what matters most is going to be our relationships mm-hmm. and our connections and what they what we have formed. And so this is this is like vital to us in how we live and function and live out the gospel. Like mm-hmm. if. And in America, we tend to have this very individualistic faith and it's about my faith and my relationship, but it's actually collective because faith is is put into practice in community. And so faith not lived out in community, I would say is even a dead faith because you have to live it out and it requires us to be in community mm-hmm. with each other. And it's complicated and it's messy and it's hard, but it's necessary and it's life-giving. And so when we talk about social and emotional competencies, we're talking about very practical skills that we see throughout scripture that have been researched and confirmed by secular research that's out there. And we can use these to benefit us as the body of Christ and to really be a light in dark places. Because as we've mentioned several times, we're Mm -hmm. in a very polarized time in our nation, in the world. We're very divided and we're very isolated. And so this conversation gets more relevant as we go. And and as you mentioned, like, I, I think, you know, whatever you call it, whether you call it whatever tools you're using, social, emotional learning, whatever, God desires and has designed us for relationship, relationship with him, relationship for other people. He's designed us for community. You know, when we read the Bible, Christian faith has always been a a collective, a communal thing. It's not individuals operating in isolation. That's how we get lost and separated. And and that's one of the ways that the enemy is destroying, actually, our community and our relationships right now is by polarizing us and breaking our relationships with one another. But you mentioned curiosity. And I want to go back to that because I think recently we've been talking about curiosity a lot, but I know recently as that word comes up, it causes tension for me. Hmm. And uh, it causes tension because I believe in it. I, I actually, I think we should be curious, but to me, sometimes it, it also feels like to be curious without relationship does that lead to someone being objectified? Mm. Can that feel yucky at times? So I want, I, I would like explanation on maybe to talk about what it means to be or to foster healthy curiosity and not a curiosity that actually takes advantage of people. Yeah. Or or become like a stalker. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, I just sit across from my friend of color or someone who's different than me and I just ask them random questions because I see them as unique and different, but I'm not necessarily seeking to get to know them. I think that's relevant conversation. And I think when I talked about these conversations being nuanced, I think it's a white person that wouldn't cross my mind because in white culture, I think we just see whiteness as being normal or white. And so it's not unique. And so I think 
I can go a long time not feeling like that would not have been my knee jerk response for curiosity. And so this is what I love about being in community. Like it literally causes us to think outside Mm -hmm. of our perspectives, outside of our biases, outside of our lived experiences. And so what I'm talking about being curious and actually Ashley and you, Ash, you and I started this conversation and, and Julie, you can weigh in too on perspective taking Mm, versus mm -hmm. perspective seeking. We've Mm -hmm. we've been reading this book called think again. And that came up out of, out of this book, that, that terminology. And you and I were going back and forth, like what is the difference between perspective taking and perspective seeking? And I think it comes back to this question you have, Ashley, of curiosity. I think that we bring our lived experiences. We bring our filters like in our, in our human capacity, we have these lenses in order to be able to filter information through. We bring in uh, biases and perspectives and lived experiences and cultures and even our own brokenness. And so these are all of our filters. And so Mm. when we're curious, we're setting aside or when we're perspective seeking, we're setting aside our biases. We're getting curious about what we believe that would cause us to have a set group of norms or expectations about something. Mm -hmm. And we're actually coming at it like a scientist, Mm -hmm. like somebody who is like wondering, like, why is it this way? Or why are these patterns in place? And how could this be different? Or what would someone else's lived experience be? And I think in our culture, we have lost the skill of empathy and compassion. Mm -hmm. We know that students uh, have 40% less empathy than they did a decade ago, which means that we as adults have significantly less empathy. And so we lack the ability to consider someone else's story and situation. And so we just keep doing the same thing over and over. I think certain things can be really inflammatory. So if you bring up the topic of racism, I think Mm -hmm. as a white person, I'm going to say I'm not a racist. And so instead of being curious of like, oh, what is, what are we talking about? What does that word racism mean? And what does that look like? What did that look like historically? What does that look like now? Instead of coming in feeling defensive or with a set mindset, I'm actually curious so that I seek to understand. And Julie talked about it early on about this desire to grow, like to grow Mm -hmm. in understanding, to grow in knowledge. This is why real relatable relationships are important because it's where we find connection and understanding and not because somebody's unique or interesting, but because we want to have authentic community that honors all people and builds cultures of respect. So does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, that makes great sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I mean, you guys just went to the heavy hitter topic. I want to <laughs> go back to. Yeah, let's go. I I want to go back to Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi <laughs> yeah, here let's because go back there. let's go back to Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi because. <laughs> What being curious does is it allow it puts us in a posture of humility. So instead of being mm. judgy or critical, we come at conversations with an openness. So when I think of curiosity, I think about asking questions to see where there is a commonality. And so if I was talking to my really good friend who is a diehard Diet Coke champion who would never think to drink Diet Select from Safeway, which I'm totally fine with, by the way. At first she would say, you're crazy. And I'd say, you're crazy, you know, and it'd go back and forth and we'd be dead stuck in our spots, right? Yeah. But if we come at it from a curious standpoint, we would recognize that there's a lot of commonality in what she's drinking, what I'm drinking in Mm. terms of Diet Coke and Diet Select. We like the fizziness. We like the icy coldness. I mean, it sounds really easy and silly and simplistic, but if we could actually come into conversations about Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi and Diet Select with a level of curiosity and kind of work through those challenges, then possibly instead of tapping out and not having hard conversations Mm -hmm. about the harder topics, we could actually practice these skills 
of being curious, walking through hard conversations, and we could stay engaged because mm. what I see happening is there's, and we started with this, is that there's so much inflammatory conversations happening mm-hmm. that a lot of individuals, even within the church, are tapping out. Yeah. And they're not able to stay engaged. And it's a crisis. Yeah. You know, our church attendance is decreased because of coronavirus, because of the pandemic. But when we all come back and we actually can walk into the doors of sanctuaries, there is going to be an aisle down the middle and there's going to be divide. And it is Mm. wide and it is deep around a number of different issues. Mm. And this is within a believer's community. And so at some point we have to all say at the basis, desire of our heart in our spirit, we all know that we're called to love God and love others. Mm -hmm. And that I believe that wherever you sit on the divide, however deep, however wide it is, there is this call and desire to be in relationship with Mm -hmm. other believers. And so Mm -hmm. we have to practice with Diet Coke and Diet Pepsi so that we can actually engage with the harder conversations, which you know, I love you, Ashley and Joy, but you guys go to the heavy hitters no, right away. No, you we do. do. You, you we do. do. Yeah, you're right. And and but I think what's really important and what we've seen be incredibly powerful and impactful with the skills of social emotional learning. Again, we look at it as a tool is that it's not going to solve longstanding deep no. inequities in, in society, but it actually can help promote understanding. It can mm-hmm. examine biases. It helps us reflect and address impacts of racism. It helps build cross-cultural relationships and cultivate the practices that we need to to close these gaps in understanding in these these times that have been so exclusive and we can come back to create a more inclusive community. And so I'm really excited that you're going through this conversation that we're going to, in the next weeks to come, unpack the actual competencies yeah. of social emotional learning because there's so much to learn for, for us and for individuals who are listening. said Julie but there are a few things of just thinking through like okay there is this there is this divide and if we we find ourselves in this time where we can't even talk about the little things so (laughs) right it's like if we can't talk about the little things we definitely can't talk about those big elephants but in, we want to talk the about the elephants. Yes. And so how do we get there? Exactly. And people are stepping out of relationships because mm-hmm. of the elephants. Before. Before and, they, and even, before get they the, even get to <laughs> yes. them. And so, and yet, I, I guess we have to just start with this idea, this question. Do you want to stay in yes. the relationship? Yeah. Are you actually committed? And can we be intentional about learning how to move through hard conversations? And, and we see this as a tool. Yeah, yeah. And it is a very helpful tool. It's, it's been helpful for me. And even listening to you guys talk about curiosity and how that plays out and how that works, you know, a big component of that, going back to your diet select and your diet Coke <laughs> example, which was actually really great. What I was hearing happening during that conversation was the the component that actually, one of the components that nurture curiosity is listening to what the other person is saying like how am I going to know what you like about that or what's similar to what you like about that that's similar to diet coke if I'm not actually listening to you you know and there's a difference between that and just waiting for someone to finish talking so that you can dive in and say something the opposite of what they're saying. Right, like I'm listening to you, but I'm gonna get ready my response. I'm gonna make a point, and we've all done that. Like I do that on a regular basis. I mean, we've all done that. You know, I'm trying to prove you wrong, or I feel like I have to defend Jesus, or I need to defend this, but actually just kind of listening to figure out the similarities and what's more intriguing so that I can ask really good thoughtful questions that make people feel seen and loved and heard. And so I just really appreciate just how you guys explained curiosity because it did, it just changed my perspective on it. Wow. Okay. 
Well, there you go. See, we that, just practiced a conversation. Yeah, we did. We did. That was good. Yeah. Well, that's real. We get to practice this a lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot which is good. You can't have enough practice on we this can, particular we thing. I, it's a lifelong journey. Yeah. It's a lifelong journey. I actually had a question that mm. I, I wanted us to talk through. I wanted to... So in Frenzy, we have an African proverb that we use a lot with students. And it says, if you want to go fast go alone. And if you want to go far, go what? Together. Go together. And so when I pair that up with the passage out of Ecclesiastes, it says two are better than one because they have a good return from their for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity the fool who falls down and has no one to help them up. So I just want to say like, when you think about relationship and this idea that we're better and stronger together, that we can accomplish, because we say that in joy of it all the time, that we can accomplish more together than any of us could individually. Like, how, what does this mean? What, what, what does this mean to you, Ashley? Like, why are you passionate about this concept? Like, why is this truth that we find in scripture and this truth that we see played out in culture, like why is this important to you? And so I wanted to hear your perspective and, and Julie's as well. Yeah, well, I, I think for me, as we talked on earlier, is like I see, I can't help but to see a God who is relational and who is operating in relationship at all times, actually, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And because of that, he, he created men and women he created humanity in relationship for relationship so as you always say from the beginning of time you can't escape relationship we were not created to live apart from one another we were designed for a relationship with god and for a relationship with one another and then i I think about like god's goal, if we want to say that, you know, of redemption and restoration for all of humanity is so that they are in right relationship with him and right relationship with one another, not just right relationship with themselves. I mean, where does that, where, where does that lead you? How does the earth flourish? And so I think for me, I'm passionate about the church, which is the body of Christ and the body of Christ does not function if it is not in relationship with God and with one another. And so right now during this time particularly, I am saddened that I see parts of the church. And collectively, I won't even say parts of the church, I will say the, the church, which we are a part of, functioning dysfunctionally in its body because we are all one body. And when that happens, our, our witness is distorted to, to some extent. We're not reflecting a fuller picture of heaven. So I'm passionate about this because I think we have a job to do, and that is to be an accurate reflection of Jesus here on earth, to reflect God's kingdom here on earth, to be witnesses of Jesus here on earth. And so in doing that, by modeling these conversations and having these conversations, it does something. It says that there's something different about the people who proclaim Jesus. They can disagree with one another and wow. still live in unity. Mm -hmm. They don't have to all like the same thing. They don't have to all drink Diet Coke. They don't have to all be fans of this or that, but they can disagree and still live peaceably with one another. They can disagree and still extend grace to one another. I think that's big. And in and, and James, you know, it talks about wisdom from up above is, is pure. You know, it listens. It's, it's all of these things. And when we model that, I think there's something different that people see in the earth. And so that's why I'm passionate about it. And this tool can help us get there. Good. That's really good. I just can't escape this this thought that, you know, Jesus came and he gathered this ragtag team of disciples, right? Mm -hmm. And when we look at God's word, when we look at the gospels, we have different perspectives mm -hmm. from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And 
And the design of that in God's word was to show us a fullness of Christ's life here on earth in different perspectives from different. Um, however, it, it gave us this fullness of understanding of mm. his uh, three years walking through, you know, his call to the cross. And so what I think about going alone is, yeah, it might be easier, yeah, but together is fuller. Together incorporates a better understanding of who God is. And I also think that we're called into this walking in community. You know, Jesus pulled together a group. He he walked through his life as in a team and he also sent people out in teams, you know, two by two, they went out and it wasn't easy. In fact, they came back and he told them, you know, dust off your feet and keep going, you know? And I think we're in that place right now in the church that we're called to come back together to recognize perspectives, diversity in perspectives actually gives us a better understanding of who God is and then walk out and and dust off our feet. And to your point, it's all to our commission to, to be light bearers, Mm -hmm. to actually invite others and be a witness to others. And we're not able to witness well right now when we're divided. Oh, yeah. So let's enter into story time after that. You know, we've talked about curiosity. We've talked about the body being divided. We've talked about God's design of us being united and being a fuller picture of God's kingdom and witnessing well. Like, let's do some some story time here. What is an what it what what is an example that that we can each share? And we're all thinking, like, what can we share of how we saw this kind of play out or didn't work well as your example of like trying to go at it alone or go at it two by two? Let's give an example. Well, I'll jump in and I'll talk high level, and hopefully, you guys have some time to think up some some specifics, but. I know for me that relationships are hard. My greatest wounding has come from other human beings, like devastating wounds. And so coming out of my childhood, I had an extreme distrust of women. And so I got married. I started to forge friendships. I mean, I I survived middle school, high school, college, and barely hang on, hung on to friendships and just found relationships with women very difficult and challenging. And so honestly, when I hit my twenties and my married life, I really avoided real relatable, authentic relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, like the plague, like the pandemic, like face masks all the time around other people with a lot of estrogen. And so I, the Lord had to do some work in me because I believed that I wanted to go fast. And so I was going alone. And he really began to um, show me how, if I wanted to actually flourish in life, I actually needed other people. And so he slowly began to introduce relationships and friendships in my life that changed my perspective on women. And Julie is one of those people. Like when I met Julie, you know, that was the start of the Lord calling me into relationship and community with women. And you know what? My greatest healing Mm. has come from relationships and friendships and other human beings. So our greatest wounding comes from the same place that our healing comes from. And so that leads us back to that conversation of being curious and willing to take risks because we will get hurt in relationships, yeah. guaranteed. And so this is going to enter into a lot of conversations we have about cultural divides, you know, racism, political divides. Like we avoid relationships because they're painful. They're, they cause wounding. Like it's really easy to step out. Mm-hmm. And yet God's calling us to step in and lean into the, the tension. And so I honestly, I'm still figuring that out. But this community, and I'm pointing to Ashley and Julie and all the women that we get to mm-hmm. co-labor and do life with is that that has literally changed my perspective. I went from a desert to mm-hmm. like a luscious garden of relationships and friendships. And it's been life-changing for me. I am a better human being because of you all. I would agree. Yeah, you are. I'm just, 
I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm just you said kidding. that with such a straight I know, face. I, I didn't like, even wow. crack. As, I mean, I do agree. You are wow. you are a better human being. But I agree with that. For me, I I feel like relationships have yeah changed my life and shown me Christ in a way that I feel like I just could not have known him without and and growing up you know not in a traditional family being adopted by my great aunt living with my my great aunt and her husband and you know finding like feeling alone a lot being introverted and I'm single now and going through I've always been single I said that as if something happened to my boyfriend <laughs> or husband it's like no I've been single uh, not married and living through this time of just the pandemic and being an African-American woman living through all, all the racial unrest like I found myself in this season although I was introverted that time of isolation was too much for me, I think I think in that you realize like how much you need other people. Like I needed my friends to laugh or to talk to or to be with. I missed hugs. I missed face to face conversations. And I think in that period, I had a time of just realizing like, oh, you need people. You need people, and you. And you think like I'm I'm better because of those relationships. There are some relationships that don't make you better. That's a whole nother topic. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother episodes of relationships that don't make you better. But the majority of, of my relationships with with you, Joy and Julie, and the rest of the ladies on the Joy of It team, and even my coworkers at Cedar Mill Bible Church have only made me better. I've felt supported. I've felt stronger, even in times where I'm just not that fun to be around. So, Ash, you're always pretty fun to be around. Oh, she's gracious, everyone. She's gracious. What I heard, (laughs) what I love about the symbolism and illustration joy that you used about masking is that, and really reminds me that, you know, we've been in this time of isolation and lockdown and masks for so long with actual masks, you know, lots of everyone's Mm -hmm. trying to find the best mask that you can find right now. But, Really, a lot of us in in life wear masks yes. and hide behind um, That's good. laces. Yeah. You're of, going deep, sister. <laughs> I'm not trying to go deep, but I, I think we all, you know, live behind masks of "Oh, I'm fine, everything's great," you know. And for me, I think I was a master of illusion in terms of, or a master of masks growing up because I knew that people really like to be around a happy, perky, excited person, you know, and I received accolades for being that type of a person. And yet maybe I was going fast, but in a lot of ways I I had people around me, but I was still alone because Mm. there was a mask there. And to go far, when I look at this verse, when I look at this proverb, I think that what really stands out to me is that when you fall and you have a mask on, others don't know how to pour into you to pick you up because you mm. haven't been real and relatable and relevant with them. You haven't been authentic and genuine with who you are and your story. And yet what I see in real relationship is actually taking that mask, whether it be you know a real mask or not a real mask, but taking it off and actually sharing who you are. And that mm. takes courage It takes Mm. bravery to show your bias, show your faults, show your failures, and actually explain it to someone else. And only then, though, can someone actually step into your life with a level of authenticity and pick you up. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about the three of you, when I think about what needs to happen for us to come back together is that we have to be brave enough to be real And we need to have space for people, every person, because God values all of us. We're Mm -hmm. all created in him, in his image. And so our stories, our past, our failures, our biases, our challenges, what we're still carrying that's right or wrong, we have to be able to open up and be real with it so that we can go farther. Mm -hmm. 
And so I appreciate this conversation. I'm still learning. My knee jerk is to say, oh, I'm great. I'm fine. You know, even when I'm having a hard day, but I've learned the importance of being real with each other mm-hmm. because it's only during that time that you know, God's, God's people can help slough off some of those lies that you might be carrying. They, God's people slough off sin and just really helps you grow. And so that is how you're being helped up. Mm-hmm. That is how you're being helped by each other. Mm-hmm. When I, when I look at this verse and that is how you go farther. When we look at that African proverb. I, I love, uh, I, I love that you brought up you didn't say vulnerability. There, oh, but, yes, that's a good word. That's what I was <laughs> You completely were talking about vulnerability, yeah. which reminded me, I don't even think you two know this, but at, at the beginning of 2021, I was thinking through, you know, what have I learned from 2020 what, that I want to bring into 2021? One of those things was remaining vulnerable. Because it is such a thing of like that, that is how you learn and grow. And the tension right now for me, and I'm sure other people have this tension too, is I don't want to hurt anymore. I want to be done. So I want to shut it down. But as God's people, we, we do need to remain vulnerable. And by definition, vulnerability requires that we put ourselves in places where hurt can occur. That's a good word. And it's like this process can be painful. It's not going to be painful all the time, but these things can be painful. But when you're you're working in those places of pain and tension together, they can also be life-giving. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I've experienced in 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 these relationships that I have. In healthy mm-hmm. relationships, you experience this. Yeah. yeah. Relationships are risky. They yeah, are. Ooh, yeah. They're risky, but they're worth it. That's yeah. what we, they're worth it in the end because we truly do need each other and we are better and stronger together. Mm. And I'm excited to be able to be in a season where I'm in the right heart posture to do life with other, with other human beings like you all. It's pretty amazing. Well, thank you, Joy and Julie, for joining us again. Um, I'm, I'm You're gonna, welcome. I, you, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you should thank us. Thank no. you. I know. I know. I should. I just. I with. love you guys so much, um, and I do like to thank people. Um, thank you, guys. Uh, you. They will be on more in future episodes. Don't worry, even though they don't know that yet. But I'm just telling them that right now. They will be on again, joining conversation, and I just want to thank you you guys for listening our audience we appreciate you so much and your homework for this week again is go have a real relevant relatable conversation i know you're going to get tired of us saying that and of me saying that but practice this you won't be able to do it unless you're practicing in your everyday life of just having normal conversations it doesn't have to be about anything hard but it can be as simple as just asking a question and listening and being curious about someone's answer. Um, So please join us for our next episode titled Know Thyself, where we'll be talking about social emotional learning core competency, self-awareness. Can't wait to talk to you guys about that. And you can find our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, whether it be Apple or Spotify, we'll be there. Look us up on joyofit.org or at frenzy.co. And thanks again. Thanks.